But I'd love to just get your take on what the germ theory of disease versus the train theory of disease, and what does that have to do with this crisis that we're in right now? Well, the crisis that we're in right now is a crisis of of meaning. It's a, it's a spiritual crisis. It's a crisis of understanding of our earth and our reality. We've basically been d numbed down. This has led now to a crisis where the germ theory has gone so unchecked, what is avoided is actually the scientific method. The thing that's masquerading as science isn't science at all, it's scientism. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw. Welcome back to the show. Very excited today to be interviewing my old friend, David Avocado Wolf. He probably literally invented the category of health and wellness uh, educator and influencer online. And he's the rock star and Indiana Jones of the superfoods and longevity multiverse. Both of his parents were medical doctors and he has taken a very different path. Fascinating to listen to. I was on speaking tours with him many, many years ago. I wanna say 10 years ago when we both had a big audience and we just went through the whole, went up, up and down the West Coast. Um, we'd just stay in, but this is before Airbnb, but we would stay wherever our sponsor was putting us up and we had a blast. And I got to know him, he's the real deal. And so at the last minute today, I had the chance to bring him on the show. He's uh, the co-developer of the Nutribullet. Um, he has lots of his products are just all over the country, all over the world. He always tells the truth. He'll tell the truth regardless of whether you like it or not. And you're gonna get that in this, in this interview. He's also the founder of the Fruit Tree Planting Foundation, and he's really serious about it. He's it's 18 year old foundation, and the they've planted over a million trees, like especially fruit trees, and they have a, a mission to plant 18 billion fruit, nut, and medicinal trees around the world. He grows all kinds of stuff from like kratom to you know, whatever those psychedelics are, mushrooms, uh, absolutely one of the most fascinating people to sit in his audience and listen to. It was a little bit daunting to be a co-speaker with him, um, but I I've seen him completely captivate an audience for just hours at a time. He's an author of The Beauty Diet, The Sun Food Diet Success System, Naked Chocolate. He's all about the pure chocolate, um, Amazing Grace, Superfoods, The Food and Medicine of the Future, Chaga, King of the Medicinal Mushrooms, and Longevity Now. He, until he's, he's handed off to a business partner, I believe, but he ran the long, amazing Longevity Now conferences in, in Anaheim. He's been on lots of, lots of films like Food Matters, Hungry for Change, GMOs Revealed, a lot of things like that. So I'm excited to introduce you to an old friend of mine, David Avocado Wolf. So welcome to the show, David Avocado Wolf. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great to see you. Good to see you again. So we um, we were all over at least California, I think Washington, um, and we we were just sponsored. We were both sponsored by the same company, and it was super entertaining because it was like your audience of these like you know earthy, crunchy, grow their own mushrooms people, super intellectual, and then you got my like soccer moms and soccer grandmas and. They really, they mixed well, even though we, we kind of had a different crowd. It was super fun times. That's the best. So I haven't seen you in a while. Are you still having, even with all this nightmare going on, are you still having the best day ever? Absolutely. Better than ever, actually, because, you know, I got finally 
a strong excuse to get off the road because I've been on the road for 26 years and uh, this is it. You were forced, I you were forced yeah, off the road. What's that? You were forced off the road. Hey, yeah, I was forced off the road. And it was like, I was like, thank you. I needed a sign. I needed something. It's like an addiction or something. It's like, I needed something to just go stop. Don't go anywhere. Broke both my legs. That didn't stop me. I still kept going, you know, stuff like that. And how did you break your legs? Well, one, three years ago. And then this year or last year um, on the other leg. So even that didn't stop me from traveling, which was, you know, that's a message like stop, right? How did you break your legs? I don't What are you doing? One was on, was uh, hiking in Hawaii way up in, in the mountains. And um, I broke, I broke my foot actually. And that was rough, but I, I, it wasn't really a painful thing. It was just like, whoa, this is not healing. Something's really wrong. And then finally I went and had a, somebody look at it and they're like, you, you broke your foot. And I was like, oh geez. And so that was that. This other one was, was more of a, um, it's a re-injury of, of, I think it's called the tibula which is the outside bone of your you know you have your shin bone that bone the fibia or whatever the tibula the two bones below your knee mm -hmm. and um the outer one i had broken it years ago and i re-injured it and suddenly i couldn't walk i was like whoa i can't walk anyway so recovering from those two this the last one is a gnarly one it's taken me like seven months to get back to a point where i'm like walking around normally but i still can't run yet even that didn't stop me though <laughs> I, I am so sorry about all those challenges. You have all the challenges that we all have right now and, and those, and yet you, you have a, just a remarkably optimistic view on life. And, and I, I was, um, you've been more persecuted, more trolled, more deplatformed than anybody out there. You're one of the very first influencers. You didn't even, I'm sure you didn't even have that word for yourself. Um, because you, you've been out there for w well over 20 years. You're like Mercola and Mike Adams and you. They were You were probably like the first three people that I followed and never thought that I would have a similar career and trajectory. But um, you're still keeping this positive outlook and you're an inspiration to me because you've been kicked off your your credit card merchant processor. You've been trolled like nobody I've ever seen. And I was I thinking about that today. And that's when I said to my assistant, like, while I'm podcasting today, see if you can get avocado on my show. And I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you jumped in at the last oh, second because I've missed you. Right on. Thanks. And likewise, and, and I'm really excited to be talking to you right now. And uh, the trolling and, and the shaming and that kind of behavior, it's almost like, a, you know, I've been so trolled and shamed. You can't think those thoughts. How dare you think that way? How dare you, you know, put people in danger for what you said? And it's like, actually, it's exactly the opposite. Anybody who does not want free thinking is a troll and therefore in grave danger of injuring people for not allowing a free discourse of ideas. And it's amazing how we've just completely thrown out a free discourse of ideas because we bought into the germ theory on the current thing that's going on, for example. And just like, we're so sold into the germ theory. Anything comes in from the outside. We go, no, we can't handle it. Can't talk about it. We got to get rid of it. And, and so I've been, I've been still pushing stuff out there that just triggers the trolls off. And today was so fun. Today was just, it's become, because you realize it's just, these people don't know me. They don't know what's going on. So it's just interesting to see where people are at and why they get so irritated. It's bizarre. I, I did a podcast episode a few weeks ago about what happened when 400 pharma trolls attacked me in one day last year and how they, like 32 lying reviews on my public figure page. I delisted my public figure page, but now I, now I know how to deal with trolls. And I don't think it'll be hap it'll happen again, but it was... It was god awful, and it was sixteen hundred comments. It was on my personal page. I was talking about the flu vaccine, 
But I think of you, just hope you know that, that because you just keep rebounding and you've had to like reinvent yourself a million times from all the challenges that you've had. And we have Google and Facebook and all the platforms who kind of want us dead. And so, um, but you're still standing and you're still speaking up for the truth and you're saying things that aren't necessarily popular, but they happen to have the benefit of the truth. I just, you know, as you know, had a long conversation with our mutual friend who has a love of uh, Steiner like you do, um, Dr. Thomas Cowan, and he was talking about the germ theory of disease, but I'd love to just get your take on what the germ theory of disease versus the train theory of disease and how we went so wrong like 200 years ago. What does that have to do with this crisis that we're in right now? How do you see that? Well, the crisis that we're in right now is a crisis of, of meaning. It's a, it's a spiritual crisis. It's a crisis of understanding of our earth and our reality. And we've, we've basically been d numbed down with scientism so intensely our entire lives. It's, our, it's basically our default religion at this point. We came from the Big Bang, we, theory of evolution, um, social Darwinism, dog eat dog. I mean, just all that stuff's been so imprinted on us that people believe it. They believe it's the truth. And that is gnarly. And part of that is the germ theory. Part of the social Darwinism, part of the theory of evolution is the germ theory, the fight for survival. We're going to kill those germs. We're going to fight and beat nature. And this has led now to a crisis where the germ theory has gone so unchecked in universities, in particular, education of people into higher education of just germ theory only, that has literally led to a worldwide crisis, which I've been calling for a long time. I've been calling medical tyranny all along. That's why I've been doing what I've been doing for 26 years. Anyway, so what is happening is, is that people are now having to face the logical fallacies of the germ theory to the point where... It's just, you see absurdity after absurdity. For example, wearing the masks, they don't work. They can't filter out viruses. Social distancing is completely made up. It's, it's actually a violation of our rights to force us to be apart. All this other stuff that's going on, the quarantine, complete, doesn't affect anything. It's not scientific. The whole thing reeks, actually, of, of what the germ theory is really about, which is scientism, which is well, scientific consensus. Um, oh, we, we can, we, all these people said it's this way, so it has to be that way. But what is avoided is actually the scientific method. That's what's avoided. So if you look into the vaccine issue, you'll find out, hey, where's the safety tests? Um, we're waiting for those safety tests. Where are they again? Oh, they're not there. Oh, you never did them. Oh, you avoided the scientific method. Oh, I get it. Okay. And it's just like that with everything. Oh, okay. So wait, what you're, um, what's going on here with the germs and this virus and stuff? Um, what about your test? You're a PCR test. Oh, it's not tested. Oh, you didn't use the scientific method. Okay. I got it. Right. Um, it just goes on and on and on. So the thing that's masquerading as science isn't science at all. It's scientism. It's all these beliefs and all this structure of this giant religious edifice that's materialistic, mechanistic, super anti-ethical. And then in the midst of all that, when you go, well, where's the scientific method? It's not there. It's not being used. And that's a real wake up call for people. It is such a, and it's a shocker because we've built this whole edifice of scientism. And then when people go, hey, well, where was the actual proof? Oh, there isn't any. It was just all made up. So that's where I stand on all this. It's cosmic giggle. It's super hilarious from, it's, it's idiocracy. You know that film, Idiocracy? That's a good one. You got to see that. I don't watch movies either. I hate movies. I don't go to movies. Don't watch Hollywood. I have nothing to do with it. But idiocracy is like a, it's a statement. Tell us a little bit about it. Idiocracy is kind of like the world is World Wrestling Federation, right? So the world, the world becomes like the World Wrestling Federation. So everybody's like a, you know, a, a, a parody of themselves and they, they're, 
watering all their crops with Gatorade for years and years. And they can't realize why it doesn't help them grow. It doesn't help the plants grow. You know, it's, it's that level of absurdity, which is what's going on with like, hey, we've been spraying these 20 different chemicals on all our plants. We've been sp spraying a billion pounds of glyphosate on everything. Why do we have health problems? Oh, it's got to be because we need this injection over here or it's a virus. It's like, how about the billions of pounds of chemicals that Bayer Corporation, Monsanto Corporation has dumped on the earth without any safety precautions whatsoever, nor safety studies, because that's all part of it too. Oh, what about the safety studies on glyphosate? Oh, they weren't done. Oops. It's not scientific. Oh, no, no, no. But you're, you got to be a pseudoscientist for for trying to stop Monsanto or you're a pseudoscientist if you're trying to stop Bayer Corporation from dumping their billions of, of chemicals everywhere. It's just, it's so cosmic giggle. It's out of control, actually. It, in a lot of ways, what's going on is the funniest thing of all time. Forcing people to wear a mask, turning them into like, it's like a freak show. And it's, I mean, I can't even take it. I mean, I'm so far in the woods up here. I've only seen like two people with a mask on and that was tough to take. I couldn't imagine being in LA where 99% of the people have masks on. It'd be unbearable. I, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be freaking out. I'd be too, I might be rolling around on the floor hysterically laughing almost to the point of being dragged off to a loony bin. Whatever you're, whatever you're taking, and I've said this before about you, whatever you're taking, I want some because I can't, <laughs> I can't make myself laugh about it, you know, because I... You know, I, I play tennis competitively and I was out this morning. Everybody walks on the court with their masks on and then we can't touch the balls. We can't touch the balls because we you might transfer kidding. the virus. No, I'm not. I just, I no, just not. that. Oh my God. We don't have benches anymore. We don't have benches anymore because that would allow congregating. In the, in the lobby of the gym where the tennis club is, there used to be couches or whatever. They're all removed. You can, and they have bikes six feet apart. So if you want to sit there and watch all the tennis courts, you have to be six feet apart on a stationary bike because then you're not near anyone else. It's, I'm like, I'm scratching the surface of the, of the insanity. I walk into Whole Foods Market, which you would think would be about natural, you know, Whole Foods, everything. And they are, everybody's all masked up, the people who work there. And they're spraying, they're spraying the carts with something. I, I literally don't want to know what it is. But you know what's crazy is that we are a Republican state and we had the lowest infection and the lowest death rate. We don't even have a hundred of our people in our nursing homes who've died of this. In the whole, the whole this whole year, we don't have a hundred. It's not even slowing us down though on the this, crazy. This, this is showing the intensity of the absurdity of the whole thing. And it's also showing us how susceptible we are to medical scientism programming. Now, the thing about scientism, it's just all these beliefs, but none of them are provable. For example, you know, if I just bash the theory of evolution, somebody out there is going, wait, no, 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 that's been proven. Absolutely never been proven. You need to read all. I one day I had a guy come in, he gave me a book this thick called Evolution Country. He said, you should come down down over the spot over here. I'm like, what spot is that over there? He's like the Center for Creationist Research right down the road when I was living in San Diego and, and had my office there. So one day I walked over there and I started going, look at, the, look at this evidence and look at that. So we're only given two choices. Either one, the earth was created 6,000 years ago and everything you know, was just 6,000 years ago or the other billions of years, billions of years, all this nonsense. None of it's provable. You can take all the evidence of human origins and put it in this room right here. And that's all, that's it. That's all we've got. So we can make up any story we want. So it can never be proven. It's just 
scientism's creation story. Just like the Bible has Adam and Eve, the creation story. Just like Zeus and Odin, and they had their all the Greeks and Nordics, their creation stories. It's so silly. But for some reason, people need a creation story. So they have to buy it. Okay, we're, now it's a theory of evolution. This is the deal. We're going to kill each other, dog eat dog. It, it, none of it can ever be proven. So science only means one thing. And anything masquerading as science that is not this one thing is not science. It's an imposter. And that one thing is the scientific method. And that's the only thing in science. When I read somewhere where like, hey, we can't study ghosts because that's not scientific. What that means is it's not scientismic. You can study anything you want using the scientific method. Who's to say that's the way you study whatever you want or that's a subject you can or cannot study? It's so bad. It's riddled us and disturbed our existence our entire lives on this earth. All the, all the years we've been here, we're so settled into the scientism. And thank God now that it's gotten to this point, actually, because it's going to have to, somebody's going to have to wake up. I've been battling these germ theory maniacs all my life. I've been battling these medical scientism, medical tyrannical, insane hospital, nightmare, mangle of Frankenstein debacles for all my life. And now it's starting to get a little bit of a spotlight. I'm like going, yep, boom, okay, yeah, you want to, this is what I've been trying to say all along. So it's interesting, the trolling has gone way down because may, way more people are now on my side because they've seen exactly what this coronavirus nonsense is really all about. It's fascinating, I'm, I'm stoked. But even if there was one person on my side, I don't care, I'm not gonna shut up. I'm, I'm, this is my fight to the end of my life. It's like, I was born, when I was born in this world, when I was a young kid, we studied the Knights of the Round Table. And I, I looked at Sir Galahad and I was like, that's me, that's my, gonna be my life. And I don't care how many people troll me or whatever they come up with, I am a cosmic knight and I will fight for truth. I don't, and there, I don't need anybody's support, I don't care. You know, I drop all my people on Facebook because it's just such a nightmare situation. You can't even get a message out on Facebook anymore to, to start over again on Telegram Messenger and build it from zero people. Now I'm at 10,000, but one day that'll be 100,000. One day it'll be millions just so I can get the message out without censorship. Did you drop your Facebook page of 12 million people? No, I didn't drop it, but it's, I, you know, I maybe post once a day on there and I can't really say anything. And anything I do say, the fact checkers come in and they said, you said this and I'll be, and I'll just appeal it. I'll just appeal it and appeal it. It's so bad. It's just so a fact checker. What's that? What the heck does that mean? It's so silly. Oh, you yeah. mean like a CIA checker, the CIA narrative. We got to make sure we're following the CIA narrative. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's any effect whatsoever from the fact that Donald Trump has thrown down the gauntlet and created this executive order and he looks like he's setting up to change liability for, you know, violating our right to free speech. And it'll be interesting because, yeah, I'm being censored on, on platforms I didn't even know censored. I didn't know Spotify would remove my my podcast episodes that they don't like. But, yeah, we've gotten we've gotten messages from them taking down three episodes and so it's not i'm not it's not a rumor like oh where is it like it's not there like they literally wrote us and said we don't want this content we're taking it down um so we're 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 just you know my my new uh my new life philosophy you you got best day ever my my new private life philosophy is bob and weave Bob and <laughs> I like weave. that. Bob and Weave. That's yeah. all. That's all I got. I'm like on the other end of Whack a Troll. We played Whack a Troll with the Troll Invasion last winter. That was completely insane. And there's this there's this huge hit piece on me. And like, you know, like the same the same people that Dr. Shiva was suing for two years. that did a hit piece on me too. I decided to just let it go. Not worth my energy. 
And I think you would approve of that. I think that's what you would have done too. You've had, we've had to play Bob and Weave for a long time. Didn't know Telegram, Telegraph, whatever it's called. I just got on that thing. I didn't know you could do like a, treat it like a social media platform, but that's, that's good to know. But my uh, social media director just quit yesterday. She's getting off, she's getting off the ship because she sees me. I'm said, I've said the same thing, David, I've said the same thing. Like this is my fight till I die. However that is, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a consciousness. This isn't about protecting me in this body, you know, in this life. Like I've had this amazing life and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be quiet just so I can shrink my life and go around and wear a mask and breathe my own carbon dioxide forever. Screw it. I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Totally. That's how I feel too. Yep. I don't care. This is my fight. Do whatever you want to me. I've had the best life ever. And it, I, I, this is our fight to the end. And, and this is worth fighting for. So I'm, I, I, I always suspected it would come to something like this, but I never thought it would be this ridiculous with the mask wearing and the social distancing and the quarantines and everybody's a germ phobe and just the absurdities that are going on. And it's just outrageous. But whatever, <laughs> what this, okay, this is what it is. This is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we, we got a long ways to go and there's certainly a lot of work to do. I won't be bored. Between now and the end, I will not be bored. You will not be bored. There's a lot to do. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah, it's it. I'm so stoked actually, because it's like, it's finally come obvious, right? Because it's like, you know, I've been telling people for years that just when the parasite takes over the body, just at that moment, you can become aware like, oh, there's a parasite, right? There's an awareness at, right at that moment of like, oh, there's a parasite here. And that's exactly what's going on right now. And that's exactly what this is. This whole thing is a parasite takeover. You know, ultimately, we can understand the world as basically the battle between consciousness and parasitism. You know, that's a Rudolf Steiner thing, too. He, he calls evil parasites. Tell me more about why Rudolf Steiner is on your mind. I mean, you've been reading him for many years, I believe. But um, you're not the only one who I really respect their work talking about you know, bringing these concepts forward, they seem highly relevant right now. Tell me what's on your mind with Rudolf Steiner. Steiner. Rudolf Steiner is, in my mind, the, for sure the number one philosopher of the 20th century and the most important philosopher that may be in human history, right? He's up there, right up there with the greatest masters of all, including like Jesus and Buddha and all that. He's not quite a Jesus level, but, you know, not quite a Buddha level, but just below there somewhere, he's in there. Um, and people don't realize that. They don't realize what message he brought. He brought a million pages of material to the world. A million pages. Now, if you just do the math on that, you'll look at that and go, whoa, that's like 50 years. And every day is putting out 70 pages of material. Every day for 50 years. That's how crazy that kind of output is. So right there, that should alert all of us that like, who, what? Because I've been, when I was a kid and I met Tony Robbins when I was 14 and and I had a couple of friends of my, my cousin and my, and not the same cousin, but another cousin's best friend that both were super geniuses, very young. One went to university of Chicago at the age of 14 and the other went to MIT at the age of 15. And Tony Robbins said, they're doing something different than you are. You need to find out what they're doing and do what they're doing. And I thought that's good advice. So I, I looked at what they were doing and they read three books every day, both of them since they were little children. There were three books every day. Every day they'd be, one of my friends, one of my cousin's best friend who went to um, MIT, he would be like hitchhiking and reading a book, you know, on his way to school. Instead of recess, he'd be reading a book. Anyway, that got me to, into reading. And I, and I became a reader of thousands of books. And eventually I got to Rudolf Steiner. And then I finally met my match. Then I finally went, this dude 
is on to stuff. I, I like how I, it took me 10 years to unlearn everything I'd learned to actually be able to understand what he was even talking about or even comprehend what it was that the body and material of what it was. Now, basically what he says is happening in the 21st century is that the, the you know, there, there was the begin, there's each age like 10,000 years or 12,000 years, something like that is how we understand it. And it, about a, th let's see, a third of the way through, let me see if I got that right. Sorry, no, a quarter of the way through, you'll have it in, you have the presence of Lucifer in the environment of the human psyche. And that allows for a freedom and a breakup of the old tribal ways to build us up into more greater imaginations of ourselves, but ultimately is parasitic and that it's self-aggrandizing, narcissistic, et cetera. And then comes Jesus and then comes Aramon and then comes the end of our age. So you know, that, those are the four parts, right? Now, Jesus came and Jesus, when blood, to Steiner, when Jesus's blood spilt on the earth, that's when compassion was brought to the earth as a major energy and a heart energy opened up on the earth that changed the direction of humankind forever. The, then comes Aramon, which is in our age right now. Right now, from 2016 to 2040, um, Steiner says Aramon comes. Now, Aramon is the demon, the lower region of the astral demonic realms that is involved in technology and materialism hmm. and, and wants to push everybody into a subnatural living environment, which is basically the concrete jungle where you're living in a box and you're part of the overall AI tech slave world or whatever you know the transhumanism now steiner was saying that back in 1917 1910 1905 he saw all that coming and he said and he so what he says is that the number one thing we can do to stop Aramon, which is what we're seeing unfold right now is to lovingly assist each other number one thing we can do loving assistance help each other out we don't no, i'll just say you help me out i'll help you out as well it's all good we don't need bar we don't need money we don't need to exchange anything except I'll help you. You help me. It's all good. And we'll just love each other. And we'll be like real neighbors, like old school, like Italian neighbors who get together to fix the road, fix the plumbing, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and that's really a major part of why I'm really pushing that message out there. Like get away from money, get away from this, get out in the garden, meet your neighbors, get a little who in Hawaii, we say a little hooey going where everybody gets together as your little, little community. Anyway, Steiner says that what happens as a result of the coming of Aramon is that the materialism and the technology increase to a, a proportion that actually disturbs and, and could even threaten and endanger our humanity, which we're seeing it happen, right, with the transhumanist agenda. And, and then will come a vaccine, direct quote, that will inoculate people to be even being spiritual at all. And I suspect that that's actually the real thing behind the whole vaccine agenda, period. At, at the very top of these pharmaceutical criminal mafias, and that's what they are. Anybody can look up their criminal rap sheet of GlaxoSmithKline, or the criminal rap, rap sheet of Merck Pharmaceuticals. Just look up how many, how many lawsuits they've been involved in. What kind of They're all felons. All convicted felons owing billions in dollars of damages. But anyway, what, what he says there is that at the very top, what they're really trying to do is inoculate you against even believing you have a soul or a spirit at all. And that's exactly what's happening. That's why. And, and then eventually they want to get the mark of the beast on you. We all know that. Even people, you know, you might believe in the Bible or not believe in the Bible, but I guarantee you the people running this show at the top of those pharmaceutical companies or the top of the world's elite or whatever, 
they believe in it and they believe in Lucifer to the nth degree and they want that mark of the beast. They do. And it's very clear now. And even though I said that for years and people laughed, I thought it was just the biggest joke ever. And they're not laughing anymore. They're not laughing anymore. They ain't laughing anymore. Look up quantum dot tattoo. That's the mark of the beast. It's called the quantum dot tattoo. Yeah. Nobody's laughing anymore. It's not funny. It's not funny to anybody. So if you have, if you have this movement, if the the globalists, the transhumanists want us to disavow that we have a soul, that we have a spirit, all this that connects us, uh, what does that have to do with this um, scientism? This is really, I really wanted to talk to you about because I hear you out there talking about that this is a religion. It's a different science. It's opposite of what science was supposed to be. It's like per- a perversion of science, a worshiping of fake science or what? Yep. It's been turned into an, Steiner called it the aramonic deception. It's a total deception. And what it is, is it's all these belief systems that have been structured into us. So for example, there's a belief about where we came from, creation story. That sounds like a religion to me. There's a belief of what happens when you die, you get totally obliterated. That sounds like a religion to me. There's a belief about how we should behave with each other, which is the social Darwinism, right? Instead of the empathy and love of the world's great religions and of Christianity and like, hey, help your brother out. It's dog eat dog. Because there is no soul, there is ultimately no penalty for your deeds of sin, right? There's no penalty for you killing someone, hurting someone, destroying someone, destroying someone's life, breaking down their their, um, buildings. So that leads to total animalistic behavior, which is exactly what vivisection is, which is the ruthless experimentation on animals with no heart, no morality, no integrity and no ethics. I spent years trying to get the word out on vivisection. And I used to um, support, what was the guy from Switzerland? He had these wonderful books on vivisection way back 25 years ago. And nobody cared, nobody listened. They didn't, because the scientism, suddenly you start going, yeah, it's like dog eat dog. Yeah, I'm gonna screw this dude over and get that company. Yeah, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna steal that. And, and th- this is where we are in our overall evolution of everything is scientism has finally reared its ugly head. Now we see it's really an harmonic deception. There's millions of people bought and sold into it all over the world. And that's why they knew through their AI algorithmic technology that this is a good strategy to go for a world takeover, right? This was selected by an artificial intelligence, the strategy of like, hey, next pandemic, let's ramp it up and let's do this, 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 and this. And the people won't rebel because of it. And that's an algorithm because they have so many data points on every single person. And they just go, yep. And Bill Gates with his AI up there is going, yep, this looks good to me. We can, we can push this strategy. And then I can make my 20 to one income on vaccines, 20 to one. So, you know, if, if, if the vaccines were really legit and something good, they should definitely be free and he should be paying for all of it. We should never have to pay anything. But instead, they stole all our tax dollars and go, here you go, Kill Bill, and handed it over to Kill Bill. And then they're going to use that money. Let me complete that thought. They're going to use that money to propagandize the populace with more aramonic deception. And by the way, that's aramonic, A-H-R-I-M-A-N, which is referencing the Persian deity of evil, and technology, which is very interesting because Steiner could have chose any other, he could have said Mephistoles, he could have said Satan, he could have said Saturn, Kronos, anything, but he used Aramon. So Lucifer and Aramon are two parasites that beset the human race. 
Lucifer is the false light, the ego, the, the um, escapism, which leads to the drug addictions, alcohol addictions, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's the Hollywood, Lucifer. Aramon is like Bill Gates, right? Aramon is like the computer tech world, the social media world. That's Aramon. And Steiner is very clear that much greater danger to us and the earth is Aramon because through his chemicals and his poisons and his industries, much can be disturbed on this earth plane. Fascinating. I don't know if you see the silver lining that I do. I bet you do. I feel like I've been talking about vaccines for 25 years. I haven't been super bold on the Green Smoothie Girl page for the same reason that you can't say anything either is because they'll... Um, I'm starting to tell you that my social media director left. It's because, you know, she's like, uh, we're not gonna have any jobs here if Robin keeps talking about this stuff, you know, like, but, but so my point is like a silver lining here is I feel like there's a thousand times more people listening. Now, when I talk about, you know, what, what, what's really underneath the whole vaccine industry, industry, you know, I'm, my oldest son is vaccine injured and, um, luckily not autistic and, and, you know, he's living a great life. He's married. He was a, you know, all-star baseball player, but he was severely injured by an MMR vaccine. And then I was, um, a couple years later, I hadn't put two and two together yet. I had, I was forced to get a, a flu vaccine in grad school to start my, um, practicum on a, in a hospital. And so I got very, very sick and ended up not only sick all winter, but with a, with an autoimmune disease. And so I, I've been talking about it since then, but in a more guarded way. And I'm just kind of throwing it down now. I feel like this is like, okay, at least, at least I have someone to talk to about it now. And people who would have thrown uh, rotten eggs at me six months ago are listening now. Are you, are you seeing that too? Are you seeing like, this is the time, this is the time to wake everyone up? This is the biggest, it's already happening. This is the biggest awakening in the history of the world that's happening right now by far. The censorship just on social media is waking people up left, right, and center. The way they're flashing all this stuff on YouTube videos and they ruined YouTube and how they drove off their best creators. I mean, I know Facebook, I know for sure, because I was in doing a lot of business with these people, Facebook drove off 200,000 of their best creators. I mean, these people are furious, furious. They, you know, it's like, there is such a swell, an intelligentsia swell of people who are sick of this nonsense, sick of the scientism, the fake news, the censorship, the lying, nonstop lying and propagandizing of media that's telling you face masks, social distancing, this, that, and the other thing, the lying of the COVID numbers, the lying of what's going on in hospitals, which weren't overwhelmed at all, and that we didn't flatten any curve because there never was a curve because there never really was that big of a problem. And it's just, it, it's amazing, actually, what we're having to experience right now, which is the total possibility of a wake up. And it's on. Now, I remember all the people who woke up from 9-11, you know, because I start out, by the way, I got open to all this stuff very young. That's why I'm always out in front, because when I was a kid growing up, I'd come back from school and not go to my house. I'd go to my neighbor's house. And the matriarch of that family, she would tell me all the corruption that was going on in the state of New Jersey, what it was all about, what the UN was all about. She told me when I was eight years old, she's like, oh, the, the United Nations, that'll be used to create a one world socialist, fascist, communist government that's probably in your lifetime. She would tell me that. You know, what, what I love about that story is that th this, is, this is what we have to be doing friends if you're listening to this you know what what i think all everyone that's on this summit or on this podcast has to say is 
get yourself educated, be articulate, start talking to other people. This is what's really cool about this is that she didn't know she was talking to future David Wolf. She was talking to an eight-year-old because she just wants to get everybody woke. And, and she just, she couldn't not talk about it because it, because such a, you know, they call us conspiracy theorists. I don't even care anymore. Three months ago, I was like, oh, people are calling me a conspiracy theorist. And that's, you know, I, I understand where conspiracy theorists came from, that how it was weaponized. Those people are, are in what we call conspiracies, right? They're so afraid to actually look at their own belief systems. They're so afraid to actually look at the corruption. They're so afraid to actually admit that mass murder is happening in governments, that, that the child trafficking problem is absolutely at the very top, that pedophiles are in Congress. They've been convicted pedophiles. I mean, Dennis Hastert was a convicted pedophile. He was Speaker of the House of Representatives in the United States of America. Now, if you can't wake up to that kind of criminality going on at that level of government, you, you're, you're done. Next, we're going to the next person um, because you're just, it's, these are, that's called conspiracy where people can't even see the robbery happening in front of their face. And at that point, you just push them out of the way. Like you're, you, you're, you're a zombie, you're out of it. I have to admit that a lot of the stuff that might, cause my brain is sort of cracked open starting three months ago. Like I saw the virus thing as being a hoax from the beginning and I was yelling and screaming about it. And, and you know, people were very angry with me. My following is very angry with me and most of them have come around now. We have, I've been doing a poll by the way, 10 weeks in a row, 10 Mondays in a row, I've run a poll. And 10 Mondays ago, 54% of my audience supported the economic shutdown 10 weeks ago. I haven't seen anybody else doing a poll. 10 weeks ago, 54% supported the economic shutdown. It's now 6%. So, so yeah, yeah, there's been a big shift. And, and keep in mind, this is on my public figure page where I wasn't really saying much. On my own personal page, I was just five times a day, right? I'm oh, proud like, of you, by the way. I'm so oh. stoked to hear what I'm hearing. You're doing awesome. Good job. I'm so glad we're doing the show. Yeah, me oh, too. Man, this is great. I'm fascinated by this scientism and, and just how deep you are down the, the rabbit hole too. But just so you know, I wasn't that deep down the rabbit hole. Like I, I understood it. I understood the whole medical industrial complex. I understood a lot of things. But when my brain cracked open and I saw that it didn't matter how loud I screamed, it didn't matter how many politicians I wrote. I mean, they know who I am, I promise, because I was writing Summit County here in Utah who shut who shut Park City down early because they said that we had the same uh, infection rate as New York City per capita. Keep in mind that later it would come out that our state had the lowest rates, infection rate and death rate of the entire country. But anyways, I was like, you guys, here, and I wrote this huge blog piece, blog post, and and so I was yelling and screaming, but because my I then saw how blind, how arrogant, how, to use your word, and I, I don't know, you may have coined that term, and I'm fascinated by this scientism, this religion of scientism, because it just, it nails it. Um, you know, as I was yelling and screaming, and no one was listening, and I was just like in this, like a, a butterfly beating its wings, um, it cracked my brain open to where all that stuff, it was, it was watching that that thing on YouTube that everybody's watched called Out of the Shadows that I finally realized all this very evil stuff. I didn't buy into the Luciferian stuff. I didn't, wasn't really sure about the whole Illuminati thing. I knew the Federal Reserve was owned by these billionaire bankers. I, I went deep on all that stuff years ago. But like the pedophilia stuff, the um, adrenochrome, I couldn't believe it because I don't, I don't have like any of that kind of evil in me. I don't know anybody who's that evil. And I'm like, how could there be all these famous people that we think of as amazing doing this. It was watching Out of the Shadows, and that was one of the cracks in my mind that opened it, is just learning how to get them in a compromising position, 
like Epstein Island or whatever, and they're with the wrong people, or they try one thing because they're all titillated and they've been drinking and whatever, and then they're they own them for life. That's when I went, oh, this thing is this thing is true. Like now I can see how I can see how people who maybe started out as good just went to the dark side. So I didn't know, David. I didn't know three months ago that 9/11 was not an was not what we thought it was. I didn't know that. Okay. So I'm so glad to hear what I'm hearing. I mean, 9-11 woke a lot of my friends up and a lot of people became my friends later in life because of the 9-11 wake up call. But this is a hundred times bigger or more, maybe a thousand times bigger than that in terms of what's going on with this coronavirus stuff. Because people who are in mainstream professions who are actually really scientific, they're starting to go, wait, there's nothing scientific about this. And they're starting to, to start to look and start to look underneath and see what, that there's nothing actually there. The emperor has no clothes on. And this, this scientism is really important to understand because people go, what do you mean? Scientism is a religion. It's like when you face the wrath of people who will, I mean, I'm talking being trolled for 72 hours straight, blocking, deleting, blocking, deleting three times a minute, even all through the middle of the night. I wake up in the morning, I wake up at three in the morning, block, delete, 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 like that for an hour, go back to sleep, get up again, block, delete, block, delete, block, delete, block, delete. I'm not even kidding. And for three days, 72 hours. Then you go, oh, you're coming up against their religious beliefs because the fundamentalism has never been expunged from the human soul. It's the fundamentalism. It's a it's religious fundamentalism. So they you would violate what they believe in. They want to kill you, and that's not even an exaggeration at all. They 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 want to shame you. They want to destroy you. And now people are realizing when they question the coronavirus narrative. They're going, oh, I'm getting shamed. What? Oh, it's, this yeah. is like a religion. Yeah. You, sometime when you have time, go on my show vibe and listen to the, what I learned when 400 farm patrols attacked me in one day. And it was actually three weeks and it was like that. It was like, I'd wake up, I'd go to bed late and it was just block, delete, block, delete. And I had other people helping me and it was just, it was everywhere. They, they attacked my Amazon book reviews, um, you know, Facebook. Oh, they put up an, I'm sure there's one for you too, but alternative green smoothie girl page. Facebook would never touch it. It's still there. I can even, I even showed them like my trademark that I have green smoothie girl trademark. They don't care. But I've been, I've got like six of them and I've, <laughs> I've put complaints into Facebook, have friends put complaints in. They don't care. They're not going to do anything about it. No, they don't care. And I, you know, like I got, you know, I considered doing what Dr. Shiva did when the whole ton of people attacked him, attacked him. And I, and I got attorneys involved and I consulted with attorneys and I consulted with um, a PR consultant and, you know, I ultimately decided to do nothing, basically. But um, what I, we, we dug into the backgrounds of these trolls and we learned a lot about them. I was like, I just brought a good little team together. And I was like, let's find out who these people are. I wish I'd realized that back then. I think it would have helped me let go of it even sooner than I did to realize that it was their religion, that I was, I was attacking their God. Their, and their religion is all the pharmaceutical products that, that pharma wants to force on me. They are what saved me. There was one of them. She is out there and her claim to fame. And she messaged me because we sent 32 cease and desist. And that's how I got on the radar of this, this whole big hit hit piece. Just, just like informal, just by a Facebook messenger. I was like, you can't go, you can't go on my public figure platforms and put in reviews that say that my products put you in the hospital for cyanide poisoning. Like I, I got to draw the line there. Right. But, um, one of them actually her hobby isn't super proud of it. She's been on CNN for it. She actually runs around attacking parents whose baby died of vaccine injury. Like that's her, 
It's so sick. Like, super proud of it. Super proud of it. This is this is the this is how deep the religion is. See, that's like the person who goes and kills um, for Islam. That's the person who goes and kills for Jesus. That's the person who goes and kills for you name the fill in the blank, whatever the religion is. It comes all the way to the point where they go completely against what the core of the whole religion was even about. But in the case of scientism, really, that's the that's the natural outpouring of what the religion is all about because it is atheistic, it's immoral, it is non scientific, it's belief driven, and it's fanatical. And it hates Jesus, and it hates believers. It hates people of faith. It hates Christians. Absolutely hates any hates any Christians are actually the most hated element of all scientism by far. Not that other religions aren't hated because they are hated because you know essentially religions are to be used by scientism um, clergy to get their agenda done. Then they're going to wipe you out. You know with their with their transhumanism, but the Christianity is in particular what is what is being opposed here and that's a very steiner thing too because what steiner is saying is what they're really going after and what they really want is they want access to that thing that christians hold in their heart which is warmth peace love and compassion which is a energy that's carried in your blood and that's why lucifer wants access to your blood that's the vaccine why isn't it just a pill it's got to be blood why does it have to be blood we need to ask ourselves that. Why does it have to be blood? Fascinating. I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk to you about 5G. I've definitely asked over the last three months, I've asked a lot of people, what do you think the connection is there? I mean, you know, very early on, there were a number of people saying, hey, so Wuhan had 10,000 5G towers. New York City had a rollout of like 1,500 5G towers. Is that the connection? Is that it brought their immune system low? But I also saw that you were speaking up very early, and I think there's, this is going to get a lot more attention. You know that Irish guy who had the thing that you put up at the top of the, top of the stop, stoplight or whatever, and he cracked it open. He was like, holy crap, This is these are illegal weapons inside here. He was showing these components or whatever, and I've heard you talk about it. Will you talk about... Um, the weaponization of 5G. I'm assuming that 5G is just to put us in bondage, just like borrowing $100 billion for contact or contact tracking, you know, puts us in even more bondage to the, the cult, these, these billionaire bankers who own the Federal Reserve. I'm assuming that like 5G, once we get a dishwasher that's, you know, connected to 5G, we're all like hooked on it and all of our stuff is part of it. I'm assuming that it's just another way of putting us in bondage because it's not really good for us. Like, so we get a little bit better, you know, like download speed. Who cares? I don't want to 6X my my chance of cancer because I have a, a 5G receiver 12 feet from my front door, right? I think if anybody understood that, they would shut it down, including the city councils and planning commissions that are that are rolling it out. But you've been talking about the weaponization of it. Tell us more. Okay, so first thing is, is that the 5G thing is all being rolled out without any safety studies, no scientific method. Oh, what a surprise. You know that all these telecom companies don't have insurance companies. Insurance companies know that they can't insure against damage to animal, plant, and human life because the risk is so high. So, so there you go, right? It's very clear that that tells you the danger right there. There's also other dangers, like people who work up on those towers, they have to shut the tower down before they can give, even go up there because the radio frequencies are so high up there that 
it, it, you could be damaged on the spot. It causes radiation poisoning. And that's what we got to, you know, we are all aware of nuclear radiation poisoning. But similar effects could be generated by 5G or even other radio towers because radio frequencies generate biological action and reactions. They're biologically active, and that's been known all along. Now, here's, the, here's an interesting twist on it. Some frequencies of light and electromagnetic frequencies of light and magnetism are good for you, and some are bad. And it, it turns out that the ones that are good for you are pulsation-like. So we call that in electronics, it's called a square wave, meaning it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off, it's a packet. It's boom, it's pushing it out like that. And that's how the earth pushes out the electromagnetic radiation that we call the Schumann resonance, which by the way is the same frequencies as our brain waves, which also violates the whole idea. This is a very Steiner thing. Steiner's thing is anthroposophy, that human, the human soul is at the center of everything. The whole thing of scientism is to try to get the human soul out of the middle of everything and say, we're dispensable. We have to get rid of humans and the human soul. That's God. That's right at the core of scientism. That's the whole reason that scientism is set up the way that it is. Humans are the problem. We need to get rid of humans. That's the whole thing. And that's just going to lead into a transhumanist agenda. It's not going to get rid of anything. It's just going to basically topple any freedom for normal people like you and I and put the elite in charge, who, by the way, with the systems that they're running, you know, we can have contact tracing for COVID-19, but we can't have contact tracing for child pedophiles. Um, hmm, that sounds a little fishy to me. But anyway. Interesting. Um, Right? Where's the where's the rapists? How about the the contact tracing for rapists? How come they aren't being contact traced? Where, where was that technology? Because the people who are at the top are the ones who are involved in rape and child abduction and all this other stuff. Anyway, back to our story. It, when we get into when we get back to the five G um, subject matter, some types of electromagnetic fields are good for us if they're in a packet type of waveform, and and that means square wave. This sine wave, cosine waveforms, which are used in almost all, it's used in all the electricity that's around us right here. It's used in all computing. It's all used everywhere, is actually an irritant to healthy tissue and can be accelerated to be a major irritant. So it's, for example, the cause of carpal tunnel syndrome, right, where you have a connection to a, a device that's pushing out sine wave radiation or dirty electricity on you. And then eventually your tissue starts to react to it, gets radiation sickness. Now, 5G is active in the range of oxygen and carbon dioxide, just like your microwave oven is not that you would have a microwave oven, but like somebody has a microwave oven and they have um, water in there and it heats up water at the frequency of water. That's what's happened. That's how microwave oven works. It vibrates that frequency, but that microwave oven has to be shielded. It has to be totally shielded in a box. Well, 5G is exactly that, except it's a little bit different of a frequency. Now it's affecting oxygen and carbon dioxide and it's not shielded. It's open right there on the street light or right on the corner of the building. And so people are getting showered with not only the radiation, which will cause radiation poisoning and because it's amount of exposure that's key. You know, eventually there will be a saturation and the amount of exposure will be too much for that individual. Some people have more tolerance than others. And then you're also breathing in the ions of oxygen and carbon dioxide that have been fried by that little receiver, that 5G receiver up there that's right on your street. Now let's say there's five of them on your block. Well, that means some amount of the oxygen and carbon dioxide you're breathing is radioactive but you know it's, it's it's amplified it's basically ionized and so when you breathe it in it can irritate your lungs 
And that's why they, we have the respiratory problems associated with 5G. So if you're really listening, if every, you know, all of us are really listening, we're, we know that 5G is an, it's an added problem that can cause respiratory distress eventually based on quantity of exposure. Okay. You know, when I moved up here to Park City, they had, they had 5G and I lived the first year I was up here, because I've been here almost two years, I lived on the other side of the freeway and it was like half a mile from the big tower. And then I, I moved over here to the golf course side and I like was feeling like 80%, like the whole, the whole year I was there. And then I moved over here and I feel fantastic. I feel fantastic all the time and I'm way that much further from the towers. And so Ryan and Teddy Sternagel and I are working on how we're going to stop Park City from rolling out 5G because it's not here in Jeremy, Jeremy Ranch where I live um, yet. Not not the little receivers or whatever, but we're going to we're going to I'm going to roll out a one click uh, letter writing campaign nationwide and we're going to tell all of these mayors and city councilmen and planning commissioners we're going to hold you accountable and you live in this community and you don't know this we get it you don't know this i mean so they just put 10 towers on the golf clubhouse that's like half a mile from my house there's 10 towers there and i sent my emf tester guys over there and they said just pegged out the meter within 50 yards so now we're calling the clubhouse and we're saying did you know that you're being massively radiated by those towers you that you installed and they had no idea. So is what part of the work that you and I have in front of us is we, we have a lot of people to educate. They're not, they're not installing, these cities are not installing it because they don't care about human health or they're evil. They're not, they're just, they just don't know. And, and there's some cool stuff that we have in our favor. Like I said, you know, like what, what my one click letter says is, Hey, um, so to just ask these telecom companies, if, if they're insured against the damage to human health, they're not, it's not possible for them to get it. That should be really compelling, I think. Um, and then you think that they could sue you? Guess what? They can't sue you except for the cost of the permit. They can't sue the city for, well, we installed all this crap. Now you, the city, has to pay us back. It's, they, they can't. So, so spread the word on that. Spread the word on that because, you know, we got to roll this out very grassroots. I mean, we've never done these kind of campaigns where we're literally talking to city council people and mayors, but I think I think we we might be winning on this one. But this is not for us. The five G is not help us. Hey, I want to ask you this. So do you know Dan Pompa? Yes. So he just lives up the street from me, and I reached out to him and said, Hey, did you know that they just installed ten towers on the clubhouse that we both live fairly close to? And and I said, You want to get involved with us and start helping us with this whole five G thing? We got to shut it down here in Park City. And he said, I don't think he goes. I've been studying, and I don't think five G is a problem. And here's why. Which is funny because, you know, we go out for a walk and we run into the 5G guy. Like, we're on, we're on a first-name basis with the Wicked Fast guy. And he says it's not here in Jeremy Ranch yet, but, but, but his competitor is here a little bit. And, um, and so we, we stop and chat with him and ask him questions. And he says the exact same thing that Dan Pompa is, which is, it's a very strong wavelength. Yeah, you don't want to be, like, right in front of it. But anything stops it. A piece of paper will stop it. A leaf will stop it. Humidity will stop it. And that's what Dan Pompa says. And so in, in Pompa's mind, this is no big deal. What do you think about that? It's a big deal. It's definitely a big deal. The reason why we need so many 5G transmitters is because they attenuate quickly, meaning that the cell, the signal dies off very rapidly or if it hits a brick wall or hits even, even drywall. 
and that therefore we need more of them and we need stronger 5G. You know, for example, the old 3G might have had four emitters and antenna in it. In that same array, like, you know, up the street, let's say, you know, I know the 3G tower over there, that same array would have 5,000 emitters and antenna in it versus three or four. That's how much more weaponized this is in terms of that volume of, just think about the volume of, of signals going through that and that intensity of it. Now, let's say you're on the other side of that wall. You know, you're, it's on the corner of a building and you're on the other side of the wall and you're a family, a little child's growing up in there. This is untenable, absolute madness. And so we, we have to not only stop 5G, but we also have to inform people that what, what's happening as a result of it is radiation sickness. It's going to cause radiation poisoning. And that's exactly why we had to shield our microwave ovens. It's exactly why the Russians have never allowed microwave ovens in their country. Um, it's, it's, this is also part of the fallout of the nuclear age, our understanding that radiation can be good for you. We all need the sun. You know, it's wonderful to go out at night, even to be under the moonlight and under the stars. Um, but this type of radiation is over the top and we've never experienced it before as human beings. And so we're going to reach thresholds and some people are going to, it's like the LD50. Certain people are just not going to be able to handle it. And what happens to them? We have to have redress for them and we have to protect them. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think they're going to use children for the next wave. What do you think the third? I think the, the measles thing was teeing this up and a bunch of states passed uh, mandatory vaccine laws. And they're they're all running here to Utah, David. They California, Washington, Oregon, like I've been contacted by 10 people in the last couple of weeks. Like, hey, what's how's Utah? Like, should I come there? Like, I'm out of here. I'm getting out of L.A. I'm getting out of Seattle. Um, and Utah is like, I have lots of gripes about what just happened in Utah in the last three months. But the sad thing is, it's probably one of the best states of the 50. We at least have the right to opt our children out of vaccines, which I did for many, many years signing signing waivers. But I think the whole measles, fake measles pandemic caused a whole bunch of states, Maine, New York, California, Washington, I think, I think Mississippi, like they don't have the right to opt out for any reason, not for religious religious reasons. I know, and at least in California, you can't opt your kid out if they're vaccine injured and the pediatrician says so in writing. So That's sick. It, that, that just shows you, okay, so what we are suffering from is propaganda, right? So what, what eventually they realize that running another World War II or another, you know, Adolf Hitler, or another Lenin or another Stalin is not the way to go. What you do is you just run the whole thing by proxy and you just take all your giant corporations and propagandize the people to break them down. Um, even the old Soviet Union, they used to say that 85% of their, of their efforts were like subversive, long-term subversive strategies of propaganda, which is exactly what we're getting with the scientism, right? And the vaccine agenda is just from the time you're born, oh, what makes you great is that they developed a vaccine and you no longer have smallpox. What makes you great is polio was cured by the vaccine and all this stuff that later research proves to be actually propaganda is so nestled deep inside the psyche of all of us that some people are not rescuable. They, they're bought, they, 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 got, they got sucked into it. So I've been thinking about like, hey, when, when some agent, border agent or something hits me up and they're like, where's your COVID-19 test or whatever, I'd be like, bro, you're, you've been propagandized. You, all your life, you've heard propaganda. What you're hearing on the radio and on television is propaganda. Do you know what propaganda is? You know, that's how I, I think I'm just going to approach it that way. Like, you, you've been propagandized to believe this so intensely. It's like you, you, you bought, you've brought it into your soul. You, it, and then on top of all of that, it's the, the depth 
causes the emotional attachment to the propaganda, right? That's why they start you young. That's why they start in with the Ronald McDonald commercials when people are three years old. The, then it becomes an emotional thing. Oh, I had, my mom brought me to McDonald's. It's a, it's a happy meal. It's a happy meal. So of course you're happy if you eat it. So <laughs> starts starts when you're I three. Thought about happy meals in a long time. <laughs> sometimes sometimes propaganda is very very simple. Happy meal. <laughs> I mean, they chose yellow and orange for some specific reasons, right? Happy. Right. Those are the happy colors. And I think the people running the world, they realize that all they have to do is just keep propagandizing over the next several generations and eventually people will be totally enslaved and they'll think they're free. And that, that's kind of what they're going for. That, that appears to be obvious at this point too. That's a Steiner thing as well, where Steiner's really, really, his first big book, his philosophy of freedom, that was his first breakthrough book, it is, is bringing together all the facets that create real freedom. Right. Because, for example, let's say someone's an alcoholic, they're not free. Let's say somebody's a fundamentalist, they're not free. Let's say somebody can't think outside the box, they're not free. Let's say somebody can't be kind and gentle to another person, they're not free. So, defining what freedom is, is the first step. And that's where Steiner started his career. And I thought that's just, that speaks for itself. Well, I'm, I want to dive more into Steiner's work between you talking about it and Dr. Cowan talking about it. I'm, I'm super inspired today. Uh, David, are we going to win this? Are the good people, the people who want to keep their souls, the people who are willing to stand up to it instead of just put on a mask and put their head down and follow the rules, are we going to win? And if so, how are we going to do that? Okay, great question. Uh, number one, I do want to say that I've been for many, many years in all the literature trying to find out if we really are in the Kali Yuga right now, the age of darkness. I've been really trying to figure out, is that something that happened a long time ago? Is it, was that Middle Ages? Was that 10,000 years ago? Was that the fall of Atlantis? Was that last week? Like, when is the age of darkness? And Steiner says that the whole thing bottoms out. And I never really got a better angle on this, by the way, than Rudolf Steiner. So I do want to bring him back into it again. He said the whole thing bottomed out, the whole age of darkness, the Kali Yuga bottomed out in 1899. Now, now we're rising back out of it. So what's, it's, like, it's like the tragedy happens at the beginning of the movie, right? With Bambi or something, and Bambi's mom's lost or whatever. And then you know, the whole movie unfolds after that, right? So we hit that bottom and now, boom, we have a whole movie playing itself out. And the, the big, a big theme in that movie is finding out the truth, finding out that we are spiritual beings, finding out that God isn't dead, Find, right, God is dead is back 1880s or whatever, right? So that's the lowest pit. And then you on the climb out, we start going, oh, what's going on? Look at these criminals. What is going on? Oh, look at that little scam that they've been running. So we are on the way out and eventually we will win. Now, my personal feeling is the great victory will occur in the East. It will occur in Eastern Europe, the old Soviet bloc. It'll occur actually probably in Russia itself. So from Poland down to Serbia, all the way to Russia, I think in the future, you go 200 years in the future, those will be the freest places in the world. And I think that's actually very obvious. And that's both what Steiner and Edgar Cayce both said that. So that's an interesting little twist on things. Now, what will happen over here, I've always thought having traveled all over North America, you know, I've traveled all over the world for 26 years straight, nonstop. I, my feeling about North America is North America is a very barbaric place. And that's why big civilizations never really arose here. Even right now, we look at Mexico and go, maybe, maybe I got to go to Mexico, right? 
A lot of people are telling me that. A lot of friends are going there. A lot of people are saying Mexico. Because in reality, Mexico is much more civilized than North America is in the long term. Right? For example, the Catholics in, in Mexico City, they're not having no Muslim invasion. No way. They understand that that cultural conflict is going to cause a major catastrophe at some point. They, they understand, they feel it's visceral, it's in their soul, it's in their race. It's part of their culture. Whereas in North America, we're like, hey, anything goes. So, but that's because the geology is like that. It, it emanates the impulse. That's another thing of, of Steiner. Emanations and impulses and geographical um, inclinations are part of us. And having traveled all over the world, I look at it and go, okay, Quebec is by far the most cultural and the most stable and the most sustainable culture in North America, no question about it, my experience, you start coming out of Quebec and it just goes to just anything, it could erupt into absolute chaos anywhere, just like that, in almost any state, in any place, maybe Texas, I think Texas could hold it together, I think Utah could hold it together. Our governor is acting a lot more socialist than I would like for him to, and I don't understand why, because he's, he's done, he's out in November, he's not running for re-election um, I don't think he can. He's been in office for a really long time, but he's acting an awful lot like a socialist. He stopped short of completely shutting our state down, but he told he told the health department to go do a lot of that. And right now he's not saying you're required to wear a mask, but he's saying strongly advised. Um, I'm not I'm not happy with our governor. I'm definitely not happy with Summit County up here where I live run by socialists. But the rest of the state is pretty awesome. And where we have all of our retirees, it's kind of like Florida. You got all these old people and, and they didn't get sick and die. But we down in Washington County, nothing shut down. And it's, and it's, it's a retire, retirement town. And they had zero deaths last I heard. So This is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But my suspicion is, is that probably the last state to stand and will eventually go against the rest of the whole communist takeover of the United States will be Texas. Oh, and I think Utah will too. I think Utah will hold it off too, uh, but it will go. What's going to happen too, as a result of the transhumanism is people are going to polarize and either totally into the transhumanism or totally back to their religions. And in that fight, I'm going to be going right with those religions because at least those religions are, they believe in God. They have more strong ethical and moral codes. They have a, a strong family values. And it's like, I'm going right there. I'm sorry, scientism and transhumanism. No, you got nothing. And, um, and that's where we're going to see that polarization strengthen here very soon. It's already happening massively. I mean, I've had people who were never, ever religious about anything. They were agnostic and very spiritual people, but they're like, oh, I'm with, if this thing goes to pieces, I'm going with the Christians. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. I haven't been religious in many years, but I don't know a single person who is awakened in this whole thing. Like, like you talked about how you're just like, oh my gosh, and that, and that, and that, and that's how the last three months has been for me. I don't know a single one of us who doesn't, you know, in the same discussion of it, say that they've become much, much more deeply connected spiritually. And, and that's another one of the, one of the silver linings here. It is. It's a beautiful, it's actually beautiful. It really, it actually, it strengthens my heart big time. I feel really strongly that, you know, there's going to be a real, real resurgence in Christianity big time, but it's going to happen in the Eastern Bloc countries and people are going to come into it, not as like a 
fundamentalist thing, but as an, uh, something that's opening in their heart, which is what really Christianity is really all about. Not that that's not happening on this side too. It will happen here too, but over there it will become like something that can actually drive the transhumanism out of the borders. Like you're not in this country. Whereas in the United States, we're too transhumanistic. We've gone down too far into scientism. It's going to, it's going to go into a, a, you know, it's going to break up. We're going to, it's going to, the North America is going to balkanize. At least the transhuman, at least the transhumanism is starting to, to show itself. I mean, just the fact that Bill Gates is standing out there in front and people are seeing him for what he is. And he's just one of a large, you know, a group of these elites who are leading the charge here, but at least for the first time in like ever, we can see them. We can start to identify them. We can start to see which ones of them are doing which part of the whole, what, what this neighbor lady told you when you're eight years old. I can't get over that. That's like the best thing I've heard yeah. today is that she took that time to teach you. And she was just like telling this little boy and she didn't know that, that what she was teaching you, you would keep as in your soul and you would go out and you would influence millions of people. Like that's actually really beautiful. Don't you think? It's that's why I bring it up, you know, just it's amazing to me that 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 woman, you know, super successful too. they were very wealthy family worked really hard, lived the American dream. But she would tell me like, you know, she'd be like, look, see that guy right there, you know, at the town hall, she'd be like, that guy's the bag man. He's the guy who takes the dirty money. See, I mean, I'm not even kidding. No kidding. I knew what a bag man was when I was eight years old. And she would just, I don't know, she just, I used to go over there instead of going home. And, um, and I'm still, you know, I'm still just deeply in, in, you know, that feeling of connection with her and her husband, amazing man. He just passed literally in his nineties. He had a heart attack at, in his fifties. I remember that. And he changed his whole lifestyle, his whole, everything, his whole stress load and everything. And he lived on to be like 94. So at like 56, he had a heart attack and he lived on to be 94 because he changed his whole lifestyle. So he even outlived her. Amazing. So we want to reclaim our freedom. Tell us one or two ways, whatever's on your mind, because there's so many things. You and I could do a whole other hour on ways to reclaim our freedom, but tell us one or two things that are on your mind and then tell everybody where they can come follow you, what you're excited about and where, where they can go check out what you're doing. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, the big one right now is the Form 95 submission to the National um, NHHS, what is that, Health and Human Services. And I'll send you the details on it. I'll send it actually to your phone. And what you can do is you can watch David Martin on YouTube. I'll send you the link. And he describes how to do a Form 95 submission. So the NHHS, according to their rules, they have to, if they're going to propound something like masks, quarantine, and social distancing, they have to have an independent medical body in the group that monitors the whole thing and make sure it's actually scientific. That's according to their rules. They didn't do that. Everybody's involved like Burks and Fauci and all those doctors, they're all in on it and including the Surgeon General and they all benefit from what's going on. There's no independent body. So that's how we're going after them. And so you're gonna do a Form 95 submission which is your basic details. You're gonna go after them for forcing you to do unscientific behavior, quarantine, mask wearing and social distancing and damages for um, putting you out of work or disturbing your livelihood, et cetera. Now, if enough of us do this, it, it can and will collapse the federal government. This is one of the best angles. It is the best angle I've heard yet um, on, uh -huh. on how to deal with this. So I'll send you that. And then you're going to attach 
David Martin, I think he's like a, he's a Virginia constitutional attorney. So he's come up with. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to interview him today and then, but he's not an attorney. And so I was just like, I'm not sure what to interview. I saw a video he did that I really liked. He's not, he's like a banker or something like that. And so then I, I just canceled it because I didn't know what I was going to ask him. I just saw a video that he did, took a bunch of notes and then I canceled it because I didn't know what to talk to him about. But so I, and I, a bunch of people have sent me this and I wasn't taking it seriously. I was like, what is this? So now that you're explaining it to me, I'll, I'll get behind it. It's yeah, it's good. And it's easy to do. You can do it in 20 minutes and send everything and actually put it in an envelope and mail it off to the NHHS. And that's a good strategy. Now, another good strategy and something that we're, we're all learning more about, and I've been working on this for a lot of years, really trying to get a handle on this, but it, 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 let me simplify it down. We are taking tacit agreement to many different things. For example, you get a credit card. You never actually signed a deal with a credit card company. They sent you the card, you started using it, and away you go. And so that means that that by because you didn't re rebut or you didn't um, counter offer what they sent you, you agreed. You agreed. And so what we're doing in the future now is that anytime something comes down and says like, "Hey, um, you know, you need to get this smart meter on your house," you say, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna present you a counter offer." And you throw it back at them and then they have to respond to you. That's, by the way, a big part of Form 95 submission with NHHS is they have to respond by law within 180 days. They really? must respond to you. And if we overwhelm them with hundreds of thousands or even millions of letters, they have to respond to each one. And that's going to cause them to go, uh-oh, we've got a hole in our in our armor here okay yeah people have been sending it to me and tell me that that they have to and i i just you know in the busy busyness of life i was just like i don't i don't understand what this is so very good to know okay yeah it's and sometimes you need to hear a bunch of different times in many directions before you go oh, okay now i get it and and i get that too and that's important that's one of the reasons why i vet stuff you know i'll wait till it comes back and back again and then back again and i'm like okay that let me look into that and that's a smart way to approach it in the media overload that we're all in we're all in an information and media overload okay so i've had a hard time getting people to do anything that requires any time so that's why like i do these one click set up these one click uh campaigns where they can send it to their entire congressional delegation we don't want hr 6666 and we won't vote for you in november if you give our freedom away so if people have to spend 20 minutes filling this out and mailing it in, unfortunately, most of the people listening to this are not going to do it. So can you just give them, a, give them a little incentive, like tell them again in the simplest of English, why is it they're doing this and who is the NHHS and what is it that we're accomplishing here? What they're, what they're doing is they are doing something illegal. They're violating their own charter and they have to be held accountable. They're forcing you to social distance, to quarantine and wear a mask, which is not validated by an independent medical body. Therefore, they're liable to damages and they're liable directly to you for damages. And that means they owe you money. They owe you money and they owe you reparations. Now that is a very serious deal with the federal government. And it, you know, sometimes I used to think, you know, like, well, I don't want to sue the federal government. They need money for other things. You know, that's like little kid talk in your head. You know, the federal government is totally corrupt. It's corrupt to the core, and they owe you money. The whole IRS is one of the worst racketeering operations and mafias ever, and needs to be completely eliminated and disassembled as soon as possible. Um, so they, the government doesn't need your money at all. It's an entire racket of control. The government makes more money off the, off the taxes they got from you before that they invested. That's called the CAFR instead of the budget. They always talk about the budget, but they never talk about the CAFR. The CAFR contains all their investments. 
right? Mm -hmm. What's holding up Wall Street? The money they took from you that was a tax money and they invested it in Wall Street. Gover every government organization does this. The, the governor of Utah in that office has investments. The Department of Education and the federal government has investments. And so they're making two or three times more money off of those investments as they could off taxes. So the whole th idea of taxing you again is moot. It's a joke. We don't never need to be taxed ever again. So just so we don't get into that kind of psychobabble in our mind that like, oh, well, you know, the, the federal government will collapse. They won't collapse. They're going to pay you the money and they're going to have to deal with the consequences of their actions. And what their actions are is very severe. And, and it's been detrimental to all of us and has been detrimental to the entire world economy in which, by the way, the third world is going to feel the impact of it in the worst way, which can cause a complete collapse of the food chain and supply chain, especially in the third world, which we have need, we're just about to see that buckle happen and the, it's about to pop. I mean, the bond market is about to pop and then the real estate market will pop and then all that money will come into blue chip stocks because that's the only place it will go, it can go to. It's, we're gonna see a very interesting boom, boom, boom coming up here. <clears throat> but anyway, well, that's the step that I would recommend right now. And then I would st start looking at to separate yourself from your straw man by becoming a live life claimant, which that's a more complex thing. But basically the way your name has been set up in all capital letters isn't you. It's a legal fiction created you, about you by your birth certificate, which is worth a certain amount of money. What you do is you file as a creditor against, so you sue yourself and you get a judgment against your name in all capital letters and you get first in line as a UCC filing. This is, you know, I don't, we don't need to get into this too much, but I want to plant seeds for the future. And, uh, and then if anything ever happens to your name in all capital letters, let's say the government comes after you, you're actually the person who's first in line to get the judgment. <laughs> oh, so you're just like putting yourself in first position, like a first you're mortgage or a second mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. So that's fun stuff. And, and that's, that's what the, you know, I was on with Dr. Kaufman earlier today. You remember Dr. Kaufman? He's the guy. Oh yeah. He's the he exosome guy. He put, he's the first one to put that out there. So I was talking to him today and, and I was like, so what are you working on? And he comes out with all that stuff. And I was like, oh, interesting. He's on to the whole thing of your name in all capital letters, the legal fiction of the United States corporation, which isn't the United States, the way we think about it. It's a corporate entity on and on and on and on. It's, it's fascinating stuff. So I would recommend getting out of the system in that way, untangling yourself from your birth certificate and all the other stuff. I filed a live life claim that says that I'm actually alive on land. I'm not lost at sea. And, and that that's called a live life claim because the system, remember my tacit agreement assumes you're lost at sea. That's your birth certificate. You were birthed into the world and you're lost at sea on maritime law. You say, oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm actually alive on, I'm on land. Fascinating. That is whoa down the rabbit hole. Okay, so watch watch from, you know, plug into our content uh, and we will send you details about this. Um, and by our, I mean, you could plug into my me or you could plug into David Avocado. Wolf is absolutely everywhere. He's the longevity guy. Um, he is, he might've been the first influencer out there. I know you're so busy. Thanks for jumping in to my schedule today. I appreciate you so much. I've missed you. And I really, really love this conversation. 
Thank you so much. And by the way, I want to give my Telegram info for anybody who wants Please to. Please do. That's where my daily feed is. So I got out of doing the daily feed on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and any of that stuff and YouTube. YouTube deleted me for no reason with no strikes, no warnings, 10 years of work and just wiped in my account out for no reason, FYI. But anyway, um, I went to Telegram Messenger because I have a connection with the Durov brothers who started Telegram. They have 400 million users worldwide. They are actually defenders of freedom and they want to protect your freedoms and they are not going to let any government get anything from them. They're not klepto kleptomaniacs like all these other people are, right? YouTube stole all your data. That's how come you get it for free. Facebook stole all your data. That's how come you get it for free. Um, Instagram stole your data. That's how come you get it for free. Twitter stole all your data. That's how come you get it for free. Telegram does not steal your data. They're not kleptocrats. So Telegram Messenger is an app you can download for free on the, on, um, on the app store. And then you can just search David Avocado Wolf. You have to use it once, you know, use it once, send a message to a friend or something, somebody else who uses Telegram. And then once you use it once, then you can search on it and you can punch in David Avocado Wolf, all, the, all those together, and you'll see my page. I've got about 10,000 people on there and that's my most active group. And I'm having a blast every day with them. That's so much fun. Okay. I'm going to set up on there too, because I'm on there. I've only been on there for like a month because of exactly what you said, that it's like the you know, it's the free platform. You know what I'm worried about is that all these, um, you know, and they're just trying to control the world. They're going to go to all these little startups like Brighteon and MeWe and yep. DuckDuckGo, whatever, and say either bully them and threaten them to sh and tell them to shut down or both bully them, threaten them, tell them to shut down and offer them a few million dollars. So I hope that your friends who started um, Telegram. They, the Dura brothers have already been through that. They've already been through all of that stuff. And that's why I like them so much. They're like, you know what? Because they, they, they had a Facebook type of site on in Russia. That's where they're from. They're from, say, Petersburg. And um, Putin stole it. Wow. And, and drove them out of the country. And they're like, you know what? We'll go, we'll go over here and start all over again. And they went to London, start all over again. Now they're in Dubai, but they've got the best Russian software developers in the world because these are real freedom fighters. I mean, Russia has been through it. Look what they've been through for a hundred years. And they're like, they're sick of it. And so there's so much urge for freedom and so much, you know, it's, it's becoming an impulse, especially in the Eastern Bloc in Russia. And I think most people are starting to sense that now. They're starting to look over there and starting to go, geez, those countries, they're like, that's looking better and better. Yeah, who'd have thought? You know, like my thought? my dad is a defense intelligence agent, and that was unthinkable. Like I grew up in the Cold War, in like, you know, place number one and place number two for the nukes to to hit. That that was my childhood of fear and trepidation. Oh, so geez. to think in one generation we're now looking at them and saying that that's looking pretty good, but things are cyclical. So, well, you're amazing. I'm sure you're going to close with your very famous tagline. Lay it on us. Make sure no matter what's going on with all this insanity that you are having the best day ever because today is all you got.